Hey everybody, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to let you know about Anchor, because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place for free, just like this show, which you can use right from your phone or computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great, just like this one, and they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere podcasts are heard, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. Get started today by downloading downloading the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fosse Vernon After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. This week, we're going to talk all about the heart attack. We're going to talk about the relationship drama, and we're going to talk about Fosse thinking of himself kind of like Lenny Bruce. We're going to get all into it. Just wait a second. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back for another week here at AfterBuzz discussing the Fosse Vernon. I was going to say the Fosse Vernon after show, but we are the Fosse Vernon after show. <laughs> Talking about the Fosse Vernon show on FX, this wonderful show with these amazing actors. Every single week, Sam Rockwell, Michelle Williams, I, I'm just like bowing down to them. Yeah. They're amazing. Michelle's getting better every week, I reckon. She's just incredible. I'm so... I never used to love her back in the day, but she's grown on me in Mm. this series for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've always loved her, but my goodness. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, Guys, let me introduce you to my amazing panel of these lovely ladies here in studio with me today. On the far left over here, we have our resident dance expert and Chicago expert. It's Kim Davey. It is indeed. Hi, everyone. Kim Davey. Kim Davey live from New Zealand, now in America. Excited to discuss theater and Fosse. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And then next to Kim, we have our resident comedian here on the panel, making things a little lighter in the darker times, (laughs) just like Lenny Bruce. It is Amy Maestri. I hope I don't have the same ending as Lenny Bruce, but I'll take it until then. <laughs> Couple yes. of arrests, I'm good. Doc. Um, <laughs> and I will be your host, Brianna Phipps. I have loved Broadway ever since I was a kid. Cabaret is my favorite show of all time, so obviously I love Fosse and what he has done for art- artists. We'll say that. Watching the show has changed my, pers- my interpretation of him a little bit. Just a tad. <laughs> Learning new things every well, week. But uh, I love seeing the Chicago tonight with the little the fingers and all the moves coming back. I know we'll yes. get to Very excited. Um, and we're going to talk all about what happened with Ron and Gwen this episode, as well as Nicole and having her age a million years. We're going to talk about it in a second. Uh, we're also going to talk about Fosse overworking himself, his heart attack, uh, some stuff going on with him and Anne. We're also going to talk about those flashbacks as well as the dream sequence where he kind of is Lenny Bruce. We're going to have our news and gossip section where we, Miss Kim over here, will give us some tidbits. Uh, Amy's going to fill us in on our special segment, Fosse Facts, where she's going to give us some factual stuff about what happened with Bob Fosse in correlation with this episode. We also have our predictions at the very end, so you're not going to want to tune away. But let's start at the very beginning, when now I'm almost wanting to sing Sound of Music. I was going to say, very good place to start. <laughs> uh, Kim, what was your overall thoughts on this episode? I really loved the um, the creative elements of the flashbacks and the Lenny Bruce and the comedy show. That was artistically very interesting to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's just it's come it's gone from a creative craziness to really a watchable show now. So it's a super easy to follow and it's understandable now, which I'm really enjoying because I get it. <laughs> For the slow people, I get it. Um, 
it's so I think I'm liking Bob a little more and actually being able to, you know, understand why he is the way he is because he is such a creative genius and the the pressure as he keeps talking about the diamond coming out your butt, literally, as he said tonight. Um, so I just, I'm starting to really feel for him and, yeah, be less judgmental, I think. So it's interesting. Maybe. I think to kind of go off of you saying how Michelle Williams has gotten better with every episode, I think it's because Gwen has become so much more an integral part of it in every episode, too. I think the way that they're writing her and the way that they're showing us kind of, like, how important she was to so many things and all the levels that she's having to play in here of this this woman who's still in love but out of love with this this man. And, you know, it kind of touches on it, too, of, like, them being the only two in this kind of weird world of theirs that, you know, only they can understand. Mm-hmm. I think the the notes that we're touching on for Gwen have been amazing. And I think, yeah, from an artistic standpoint... The decision to have him do that set just all in black and white, smoking a cigarette to a silent crowd. Mm, I absolutely loved that choice. Yeah, Yeah, I really thought artistically this episode was amazing. Um, They've done cool little artistic things throughout it. And I think this one being centered around Lenny Bruce and having that dark element was really crucial for him. And then I, I think Sam Rockwell just like... Like, he's been hitting home runs this entire mm-hmm. series, but, like, this was, like, the most standout episode for him, I, in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. So I was I really enjoyed watching him this episode. Uh, but let's start off with Ron and Gwen uh, and kind of their relationship, because it's a little bit rocky this episode, not in terms of, like, they're going to break up, but just we've only seen him as, like, this knight in shining armor compared to Bob this entire time. And this episode, he kind of is, like oh, well, you know what, you're going to be great. And he's still being really nice, but he's just letting her know, like, you don't have to take what he says. You can, you have creative control and you don't have to, you know, worry about that because you can say this and this and that. And Mm -hmm. she kind of gets a little defensive. Hmm. Which is weird because I feel like the poor guy is just, you know, trying to be a really nice husband. And I suppose at times he's probably a little, um, feels a little left out with the bond that the two of, that Bob and um, Vernon do have because he's never going to have that with her. And he's a lot younger than her as well. And so it's just his way of being, you know, protective and a good husband and trying to boost her up. But it backfires for him because she obviously has a stronger relationship with Bob in that area and doesn't want him to be quashed out of it too early. Yeah, I think that's like he feels like that's all he can really offer because he Mm. knows that there is like that. Yeah, like that other side of her that of her with with Bob that like he can't replicate and he doesn't quite understand either. So mm. it's like this nice guy who just tries to even push harder and say like no, you deserve this, you deserve that, which are all lovely things to say, but yeah, the way that it backfires is is you know, like it's always outsiders looking in with the two of them, I think. I think it's almost like your family. It's like when someone says something negative about your family, it's like I can say something negative, mm. but you can't. Yeah. yeah. Like you're you're supposed to just sit there and support me in whatever I say, but you're not allowed to have an opinion on this. (laughs) Almost. Like, it's kind of came across in that way. But, I mean, he is... He is crucial. Like, and you know, he's been in her life for a while, so I think it's important for him to, like, have a, you know, have a voice in certain things. Absolutely. And I think it actually demonstrates how, or how much he means to her, or how much he does not mean to her in that way. Because if he was really strong in her life and really, really like what she would see as equal, then I think she would be more receptive to that and be more for pro-Ron versus defending 
Bob. I don't know. For me, it just shows that their relationship, she sees it as something that's valuable to her and she loves him, but that Bob is even more important to her. I just almost I wonder now, like, I, I, it makes me think, because I haven't researched uh, the per- – we talked about the person he's kind of representing in the show. Right. Uh but it's like, is he just a really, really long rebound? Or is he someone that she's really into? Well, apparently when I read about it, it was like he didn't have as strong as part of in her life as it's been portrayed. So I don't know how he actually, how long yeah. he actually lasted. Yeah, I think for, for like cinematic purposes, he's a great character because it is that like complete juxtaposition from Bob. Yeah. So I think it would make sense if the showrunners and the writers were like, oh, yeah, like even though this guy was maybe a shorter rebound, let's make him a really long one in the show because it makes sense for everything she's going through with Bob to have that kind of person at home for her too during that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, within this sequence, we see him and her kind of being like husband, wifey, little family making the spaghetti dinner. Having celebration. I love that. I want to do that. Um, <laughs> with Nicole, who I, I know I said it in the cold open, but the only reason we, we I said that was because it's been one year and the they obviously have gotten a new actress to play Nicole for this episode and the aging just seems like more than one year. I was terrified when I saw her. I was like, who the hell's in their kitchen right now? Yeah. <laughs> she looked like she had a wig on as well. Like, yeah. it didn't look like her hair. Like, yeah. last episode, I would have thought she was, like, maybe 8, 9, 10 at most. And this yeah. episode, she's, like, 15. Yeah. I, it, it was it a threw weird me. choice because she looked so different. Could they at least get someone that looked kind of like her? Because, yeah, because didn't yeah. the last one have brown? Not that you can't dye your color. hair. But yeah, it was a little bit more of, like, a ginger. dirty, yeah. Yeah. Again, like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with them recasting because, like, I... Kids do grow fast. It just seemed like too fast. It's, it's a too it's fast. A bit of a too many freckles. Too much blonde. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm smitten. Like I'm just like, what is happening? I actually googled, did the actress die? The previous one because I was like, what? Why such a dramatic change? <laughs> you went dark. <laughs> no, no, but I mean in real I life. I just figured they recast because I was like, mm. you know, it's a year later. They need someone to be a little older. Well, <laughs> hey, little known fact: they actually sold their daughter. And bought a new one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm jumping the gun on my what? special segment with like true facts later. Hey, and I'm just they may have had some faults. I don't think that was quite one of them. I, I must have gotten that wrong. <laughs> I'm just in the I, I need um, to learn to read one online of these days. chat as well. And uh, Jazzy is back. Jazz four one one seven three. Hi, she says. Evening, ladies. And this episode felt mostly like a setup for the next. Yeah, very Good call. true. Yeah, thank you. Good call. The, uh, oh, someone just said the other day. There's an actual name for what. The episode before the penultimate episode is and i can't remember what it was called but that's what this episode is because we have two more left yes two to go um but past that when when ron and gwen are having one of their little kind of disagreements about because bob's in the hospital that you know they need to replace him and she's like he'll no one will ever replace him because if we replace him he'll die and nicole's mm-hmm. overhearing all of this mm-hmm. so we kind of are seeing this it's always hard being a child of divorce from, like, I have friends that I know have gone through it, and it's always hard, like, having parents that you're trying to please and having significant others come in because it just adds a lot more to the equation than just two mm. people, obviously. But it's even harder. It's that whole thing of, like, when parents talk and, like, they just assume the kids can't hear and the kids always hear. Mm. But did I don't know. How did you guys feel about when Gwen kind of goes in to talk to her? And it's like, she's obviously upset. But Gwen doesn't really address it at all. Oh. Yeah, I, I think it felt kind of strange in the beginning. But then 
when we start to see her around Bob, like, once he's in the hospital bed and everything, I feel like it started to come together of, like, oh, I think now that she's a mature 27-year-old, as we've seen, <laughs> um, she, she, <laughs> she keeps aging. <laughs> starting to yeah. understand. First, it was, like, 15. Now it's 27. <laughs> no, she's, no, she's 27. Next time we say her name, she'll be 55. Oh, like. yeah. She's already dead. Um, <laughs> Told you. <laughs> Kim called it. <laughs> predictions oh my god i think she's starting to mature in a sense of understanding kind of who her dad is in a way and so i think that the pensiveness from her just kind of comes from like wanting to be a little bit standoffish because i think she's starting to like connect the dots now that she's getting older yes it's interesting because i just saw her as repulsed by her father when she when he was lying there and then to top it all off having any or Anne there as well, and then her later comment to her mum. But just, like, she was afraid to connect with him and whether she was repulsed by him or whether she was just, I don't know, in disdain. I don't know if I took it as repulsion. I kind of viewed it in a slightly different way as when you see somebody that you are close with and that you love and they're in such a state, it, like, you're almost in shock. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't know how to react, like, like she's like, oh, kiss. And she, like Gwen's trying to make it seem like, oh, everything's fine. Just go give him a kiss and a hug. And she's just like, not everything's not fine. Yeah, yeah. And or just disappoint. I don't know. Like you know when you've got. I haven't had experience, but I can imagine if you had a sick parent or something who could potentially die, and you're mad at them, you're angry at them for getting themselves to that point. And I felt like she was a bit, you know, not just not disgusted. No, I mean, that might have been a part of it. I agree with you on that. That, that maybe she's. She's a little bit upset with him. Yeah, like, yeah. serious? You're going to leave me? Like, what is this? And is this girl here too? Like, what are you doing to my life? Like, yeah. child selfishness stuff. And then yeah. we also see, you know, last episode, obviously, she was very buddy-buddy with Nicole. They were going swimming together. Mm-hmm. She was doing her hair. Um, and then this episode, she has that line to Gwen saying, does it bug you that she's always around? Like, it seems like she might now be a little disdain of Nicole as well. Well, it's interesting because I felt, I didn't feel that when she still smiled at Anne in the room, like she still was like, you know, hi, and this said, but then it was like, she, I think she likes her, but then obviously to her mum, she's realising, oh my gosh, if this was me, mom, that's dad's girlfriend, like, I, how do you feel about Maybe that? Maybe if she's getting older, she's realising like, how Adult young she stuff. really is. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. in that setting too, one of those moments where like, something that's like, life-threatening or life-altering that happens like that, Maybe just kind of taking a step back of like, wait, I feel like it should be me, my mom, and my dad in this hospital room right yeah. now. Like, what are you doing That's here? That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's take a second and thank those people who are on our live chat, like Jazzy. Like Jazzy, who's going hard. She's like, I like Ron and his support of Gwen. And ironically, Gwen aged her up to visit him in hospital, which, yeah, we thought she Yeah, that was good um, And she's saying, true, that Nicole seemed shell-shocked. That yeah, was interesting. Sorry to divert a little bit, but that... They're saying that kids weren't allowed to be at the hospital. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Was that an old school rule? Maybe. Well, they're very dirty. Tut, <laughs> <laughs> tut. Like the sick people in there. You don't need that. <laughs> True story. But back to our fans. <laughs> I love that. It's awesome. Okay, so, um, hey, everyone. Uh, before we just move on to the next topic... <laughs> This is like a comedy show tonight. I'm very enjoying it. Uh, we just wanted to say thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV talk. For us to continue to grow, though, we could use your help, as we keep mentioning. So if you're on YouTube right now, like Jazz in the live chat, can you please hit that thumbs up button and subscribe? Um, and if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. That would be amazing for uh, Amy's future comedy career. Yes, please. <laughs> I need it. 
Um, but no matter where you are, just please leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. Um, being part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us, and we truly appreciate you supporting us in doing what we love. Can you tell? Um, but don't forget to tell all your friends, and please keep enjoying our shows because yes. we have many of them, yes, including Game of Thrones. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of conversation there. Thank you guys so much. Like uh, like Kim said, we have shows across the board. If, you, if there's a show out there, we probably cover it here. So definitely go check out any other show that you are a fan of and support them too as you support us. We really do appreciate it. It gives us the ability to be lighthearted in these dark times just like this episode did. (laughs) I think that our panel right now is giving a pretty good uh, parallel of that. You know, I think so too. This was a very dark episode being heightened by comedy. Mm. And I say comedy because he wasn't being funny. But oh, we'll get yeah. into that. But some <laughs> of those lines were funny. Some of them were. I did like the diamond. But let's <laughs> let's talk about the actual person who's just being portrayed, which is Lenny Bruce, because we start off the episode with Fosse working on this editing of the movie, which starred Dustin Hoffman. And he's being very overcritical again. Like we've seen this in the past. It's a reoccurring pattern of his where he just he can't let this go. He can't let this become a finished product. He keeps having to change things on it. And now he doesn't really have Gwen helping him out because Gwen's busy with Chicago and he's trying to split himself between both. And it's just, it's a lot as, as yeah. we see. I think that's kind of like the nightmare situation for him where he's overloaded with too much work to do. He's Passion. not able to stop with really either, but is so focused on Lenny because of this weird like personal kind of dark connection that he has to it. But also on top of it, his health is starting to fail him. And Gwen isn't there to kind of hold his hand and hold him up and give advice on certain things. And Anne is not that person. As exactly. Anne's the person that's like, spend more time with me, take less time for work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a perfect storm in this episode for him. And I think we mentioned potentially last weekend, that, or the one before, that he had changed when it came to Anne. But no, he's with the receptionist or the Yeah, I mean, he's already back to cheating. He's yeah. already back to the drugs. It's one year after he got out of the... Yeah. Um, well, I guess not one year to the day, but like it's nineteen seventy four, so it's some it's somewhat after he mm-hmm. has been released. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he's already falling back into his old ways completely. Yeah, such um, a perfectionist, though, isn't he? Like, I mean, well, it's like he doesn't have enough time for really either. But he seems like he's really more focused. At least they're portraying it like he's more focused on Lenny at this point. But well, is that because it's nearly it's two weeks to opening? I mean, you know, that's yeah. Priority. And I think yeah. it's also because Chicago's still, even though he's doing Chicago, Chicago's Gwen's. Chicago yeah. is Gwen's dream. Uh, he's not as invested. He's going to do Chicago, but he's not as invested in Chicago. He's invested in Lenny. And I think he was he he really had something to prove with Lenny too, yes. because it wasn't damn Yankees. It wasn't you know like it he wasn't, wasn't a musical. It yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. something that you could throw a dance over. It was yeah. something that was raw. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's dealing with both of that. We're getting to, we go into the rehearsal. He's grasping his arm. He's hacking up a lung. <laughs> like he's in terrible terrible shape and like. Eating chocolate, breaking his shoelace, drinking Coca-Cola. That boy needs to go on a Throwing good pills. healthy diet. <laughs> Throwing pills back. Throwing uh, pills. And Gwen's, you know, saying they're still trying to comfort him. Still, like, you know, saying, like, oh, I'm sure that your film's fine. I'm sure, like, you're the one that's critical of it. Like, no one else probably thinks it's bad. She's so good as well. Like, even talking with the directors and producers or whoever those men were that visited them the first day. Oh, she is an actress to such a, a good. She's, yeah, isn't she? She's so good with words and placating others to make sure she's going to get the end result she wants and stalling them. And it's really cool. But we're, yeah. but we're in this rehearsal here. and, like, he has to leave. He can't. He's, I, like, he's literally going to cough up a lung. He can't stop hacking, and he ends up going to the hospital where he has his heart attack. 
Uh, and right before it, Gwen comes in and she's, you know, I, I want, I liked that she said I'm his wife because I just wanted to touch on the moment that she legally is his wife. So she legally. Oh, so she still was legally his wife? They never divorced, I believe. Uh, I believe they stayed married until the I was going to say, because two women in that hospital claimed to be his wife, right? So it was, who is? <laughs> I could be wrong, and Jazz, I'm sure, will correct me Jazz. if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I believe he stayed married to Gwen until the day he died. So he she, legally, she still is his wife. And legally, she still has, like, Anne doesn't have the rights to, like, mm. necessarily be, she's not family. She's a yeah. girlfriend. Um. But she comes in and he wants her to lie for him again. He's like, oh, I'm fine. Like, this is this, that. And, like, she won't lie for him this time. She's like, no, he's on all these drugs. Like, he's, he's just trying like to make mom. light of it. Oh, like, yeah. is work a drug? Like, uh. Yeah. And she's like, no, he's on all these drugs. He's on cocaine, like, everything. He's not sleeping. He's doing all this. Like, and he's kind of mad at her. But as that happens, he has a heart attack. Yeah. I actually, th- oh, this is terrible to say, but it's true. I actually thought it was quite funny when he was having a heart attack because he <laughs> didn't seem to care or know. And he was just kept talking and he's like, oh, shit. I, that's, <laughs> but I, I think that's such a representation of our culture because even now it's like yeah. people just they avoid going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like they will be on their deathbed mm-hmm. trying, eh, I'm fine. Yep. <laughs> like, what about the guy? Sorry, just when he's lying in the bed and the guy next door who wasn't fine, like moaning and groaning for Ugh. his mother. Oh, that was hilarious. But it's like, but it is that kind of thing where it's, it's almost like if I don't accept this, it won't be happening, and I can go back to work because yeah. I don't have the time for this to happen. And yeah. or interestingly enough, the idea that when you're having a heart attack, you may have one and not even realize because he didn't seem physically affected by it. Well, they the had him hooked up to him. the machines. Yeah. yeah. So they, yeah. Could, they could see the levels happening. They could see So it. he was in the best possible position to be having a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you could just, I love the, the scene between the two of them there. Again, just like a time for Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams to both shine of their escalating argument while the doctor is kind of still examining him. And it just like that uh, whole scene was just like very like insane and intense our producer steph in the booth just told me that uh she looked it up and uh gwen and him were married until and so did jazzy she just said they were separated but never divorced thanks team yeah brie yeah jazz (laughs) um so then Anne gets to the hospital and she she wants to see him and gwen kind of like she's the barrier and she's like you know what he's uh he's he's asleep now just why don't you go ahead home? I'm going to stay here. You go home. Mm. And Stefan, Anne kind of throws that little thing in her face of, he should never have done Chicago. Yeah. But I don't think she did that on purpose in a mean I don't way. think that she meant to do a mean way, but no. I think that was the one thing for her to say to make Gwen pissed off yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like even in that, that Beach House episode where it was like, Anne kind of was the only pure one in that house mm. of like wanting to look out just for his well-being and that's it like literally just for his health and so I think yeah this wasn't in a vindictive way no I don't even think that she, she was saying that yeah it but it, it, it still like came off as something that like it's for just someone like, like it was just Gwen like Verdon. the minute she said that and like Michelle Williams the way she acted it with the response of just like her face just changed like she was being so sweet and nice like oh no that's fine and then. I'm going to stay here tonight. Like, yeah, it's almost like she doesn't want Anne to like go talk to him or I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just a weird kind of dynamic for me. And I was like, is she just upset with her because she's 
She's feel, trying to get in the way of Chicago. Like, I was trying to figure out huh. what was that intention. I just think that Gwen sees her as, okay, you're Bob's little playgirl. You know, that's fine for all the fun, frivolous things, sex, etc. But when it comes to real-world stuff, I'm the one in charge. I'm older. This is my deal. I think yes. even based on the, the beach episode, I think she might understand that she might be a little bit more. But when it does actually come to, like, real life something happening, she's like, no, you can't be right now. Well, I think oh, yeah. it's like that's, the, that's Gwen kind of said it perfectly to Nicole. Cole when she said uh, after yes. she asked about does it bother you she said me and me and your father have something that no one else will yeah. ever have and that's yeah. very true yeah yeah and I think honestly this whole episode was kind of that whether it was you know mm-hmm. like her and Ron and him trying to have his part or these scenes in the hospital mm-hmm. or even her just like fighting for him for the doctor like it was and all kind of everyone's outside looking in on the two of them well and it was funny it's funny because it's like you see this in other things too like I know Grey's Anatomy did an episode like this and we've and there's people who no, not necessarily aren't going to be your romantic partners in mm-hmm. life but that are in your life and almost more like I don't want to say more important than your romantic partners, but that you just have this connection that you'll never mm-hmm. that you'll never have with anyone else. Yeah. I always used to think of my friends in different pods like that too. Like you'd have, I'd have what I'd call my life friends, the ones that you can tell everything, trust completely. You'd have like your party friends, you'd have like your school friends, you'd have your dance friends, your theater friends, and you you go to different people to rely on for different things. Mm-hmm. And I think Bob and um, Gwen have that solid foundation of. In a way, like siblings, I know it's not, but that forever bond, no matter what you do to me, we need each other, we'll be here for each other. Mm-hmm. And so they're in that compartment together, which no one else can touch. Which we know is true because they were together for the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then she goes back in with Bob and he he's like, I don't want people to know what happened. I want them to think that I'm just sick. Like I just have a, a bug. And I... I wanted he wanted to get back to work and she's like no you can't get back to work and it's gonna come tomorrow and he's like no 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 I don't want her to see me like this mm. um because I think for Anne he really wants to be the macho macho man yeah I don't think he want like because maybe it's because she's so much younger than him like maybe he's like I don't want her to see me aging yeah that, and also I think because he's always felt like he's had a way with the starlets and stuff so for one of them to see him as a decrepit old man who's sick and in bed like not good for his image, is it? Yeah, I don't know that he would want any woman other than Gwen or Nicole to see him like that for yeah. that reason of, like, yeah. the, the legend of Bob Fosse. Yes. But especially, yeah, the, the woman that he's dating that he already gets enough shit for for dating someone who's so much younger yeah. than him anyways. But then to see him like that, yeah, that's, like, a whole oh. other... I mean, for someone who has that running ego, too, like, that's mm-hmm. just going to be such a such a blow. Totally. Yeah. And Jazz was just saying um, she loved the scene when the doctor came in to ask for the autograph. Yes, yeah, so I was just and about to get to that, too. That was such Gwen a good was gonna scene. was going to take him outside. Because then we get this scene, which is this nice... Um, um, scene between Gwen and Bob where they're, you know, in this room together and she's by his bedside. Um, and as you said earlier, the guy's just moaning and moaning and moaning. <laughs> and then this doctor walks, oh my, like the balls. The balls to walk in and walk, doesn't even like recognize Gwen, but wants Bob Foster's autograph. And then when she's like, I'm Gwen, he's like, of course you are. Uh, and But she uses it to the advantage and she gets Bob his own room. Absolutely. She's a clever lady. But uh, I was just like, I just could not believe the balls on that doctor. It's like, 
there's just if when you work at a place, there's a certain professionalism that you have to have. Oh, see, weird because yeah. I would maybe do that as long as he's not dying of a I heart know, attack not, at the time. Like, I just don't think that's the time, though. Like, yeah, maybe like on maybe, his checkout. Yeah, maybe day. when he's getting out, you know, he's on his way out the door. Be like, hey, glad he didn't die. Can you sign this for me, please? In <laughs> <laughs> those words, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, those are just sensitive times. I don't know. I always like try, especially with people that are celebrity, because they tend to not have a lot of, um, especially, I guess, more so nowadays than even then, but they don't have privacy. They never have, like, Mm -hmm. they're always being bothered. I know Robin Williams, it was one of his things that, like, because he was, I grew up in San Francisco and he he lived there and he would often be in places and he never had a problem signing an autograph or taking a picture with you unless he was with his family. And then he's like, if I'm with my family, please respect that this is our time together and don't come um, asking for things. I feel like this scene said a lot because right from the doctor coming in, it shows that like he was under pressure from so many different areas, including just fans always, you know, like he he just had a heart attack and there's someone coming in asking for an autograph. But then it also shows that Gwen is still, whether it's, you know, during rehearsals, it's on stage, it's on set. She's she's still taking care of it. She's Mm -hmm. handling everything. She's being there for him. She's playing the cards, right? She's being charismatic. And then it also shows that he's just kind of like, like, yeah, you're going to handle everything, you know? Like, obviously, he couldn't really handle much right now, but he's kind of okay and understands that that's kind of her role, and he leans on her so much that that's where, when he's when she's not there to help him, it, it's kind of when everything falls apart. Yeah. They really do need each other, don't they? They do. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that we get with them, too, like, is this scene where he has his own room, she's knitting, and she's kind of like, they're talking about the old times, and we, we get brought up that that... A number that got cut in damn yankees and he's always like uh because the guy couldn't do it and she goes no like if you if that's the story you want to tell and that's the first time though that we because we never saw the number completely and we always just kind of took his side on it because he said that it was them saying this and it was the guy that couldn't do it and now we we find out like no it really just wasn't a good number um but they have that kind of like it's almost like that like bond that came up mm. again like you you saw why yeah, they like, had loved each other yeah like they had that kind of like little moment with each other and he asks her to be there when he wakes up from the surgery it's like you looked at them together when she's got her feet on the bed like knitting or whatever she's doing he's lying in there they do really look like an old married couple don't they like they yeah. should still be together and they probably would have if he hadn't done his cheating gig mm. yeah mm. Um, <laughs> plural, <laughs> and, then it's, and then it's paralleled with him and Anne being together because when she's in the hospital, it's it's just a different vibe. It's not mm. this like warm, loving, mutual appreciation mm. vibe. It's mm-hmm. like she's there, and the first thing he says when he gets out of surgery because he he's so paranoid and he's like, they put it in wrong or they did they put something else in there. I, I died. He's so like all over the place, and she's like, no, you're not, like everything's fine. And then he immediately wants her to have sex with him mm. because he needs to make sure his penis works. <laughs> and or wasn't it because he kept having the flashbacks of the molestation and the sexual abuse? Well, and he's like, we're going to get into the whole flashback up. stuff and thing, but it could. Be, but he's, I think, just for him, like you know, what, whatever Anne was with him, you know, I'm sure he had feelings for her and he loved her in her own way. But it was just a different love because, like, when you're sitting there with him and Gwen. He, he it's like he respects Gwen it's like it's almost like he doesn't respect mm. Anne that much and it's like he's using her for this one thing which she's trying not to do because you just got out of surgery dude like maybe don't <laughs> test your heart 
Like, if you don't have sex <laughs> immediately after having a heart attack. He never learns, that man. Just, like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, and you just see her face. Like, she's ashamed. Yeah. And it's like, that is parallel. Well, I'd getting... be ashamed doing it in hospital if a doctor could walk in and Well, no, I mean, I mean, that's parallel. We'll talk, we'll get into the whole flashback in just a minute, but like, it is paralleled with, like, he's talking about ashamed, being ashamed, you know, as a kid and having these women do this. And it's like, it, now she's the kid, you know, in a way. She's an adult, but she's very young. And, like, he's taking advantage of the situation mm. and forcing her to do things that she doesn't really want to do, but she's going to do. Mm. Yeah, and I think it just shows how he kind of compartmentalized his women, essentially. You know, like when you're, Gwen had the purpose. Yeah, you're purpose. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I totally see it as, you know how we're talking about show romances previously um, and how they're all whimsical and fanciful and because it's in this a fantasy world, when you're in a show, you're on this heightened state of a reality. It's all fun and exciting. And I feel like every girl that he had through that was something that could never have true substance because it comes from that world. Whereas I know with Gwen, it was originally through show business that they potentially met. Did they actually? They yep. actually met, yeah. It was um, but there was something more solid and it was a more of a real creation of a relationship versus his flings that turn into something that's there's the bond there it's real whereas this is like a theater-based yeah and i mean he did have some sort of bond with her because she also was with him until right till the end yes she was yeah yeah so he had something he definitely had something it's not based on solid it just wasn't the same thing that he had with gwen and what he had with gwen was bigger than anything he had with anyone else because i like same age him and gwen right and that's so that makes more sense whereas now he's like with um, the youngins, it's just fantasy. It's and then the last thing we get with Anne, too, is the old man offering her a sandwich, saying we made an extra, being really sweet. Mm-hmm. And, but she's just so ashamed at this point because she's in this hospital. She doesn't know what her role is. Mm-hmm. Gwen's kind of taking control, and she lies and says it's my husband because, she, because you know, he is still married to Gwen. She'll, she can't be his wife. Legally, she can't. I think that was kind of her moment of just realizing it, like, this is my role. And even though she still ended up staying with him and there was something more than the sex there, I think it was her kind of realizing, yeah, even if this is more than sex, it's still never going to be what that yeah. is. Totally. And we got that line and I wrote it down because we were talking about it a little bit before, but uh, where he says, what's uh, the difference between applause and sex? And he said, you applause applaud people you love. Yeah. 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 And that's like directly as he's having sex with Anna's this like moment of line of the flashback that we got but it was just like oh yeah heartbreaking that one hit yeah um so let's get into these flashbacks and this little dream sequence so we had a lot of uh so it's like him imagining himself almost like Lenny Bruce but he's himself on stage and he's telling these jokes and I put air quotations for our audio listeners around jokes because it's not very funny a lot of it a lot of it is just him telling these sad truths of his life uh, and then being like, what, guys? Isn't it funny? Because And that's like a very comedian thing, right, Amy? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's all, it's you, t- you take a point of view, you take things that are real, you take things that are dark, that are sad, that are depressing a lot of times, or even if they're not necessarily outwardly depressing to other people, something that is kind of like inside of you and putting that funny narrative on it or putting the spin on it. Or, you know, it's you write what you know. And so I think these kind of dreamlike sequences for him were really interesting the way that they didn't have anyone laughing. I think that was what stood out most to me because it was, yeah, it wasn't like, hey, I'm hitting you with a bunch of zingers. It was 
pretty dark. It was funny. It was almost like him being like, what, is my pain not funny to you guys? It was like that feeling. Yeah, which was the connection to Lenny Bruce as well because his humor was darker at times too and it it got darker as he went, but it was always like, there there was always an emotional pain We saw that in the last episode of Marvel's Miss Maisel last season when he's singing the All Alone song. It's like, when I watch that, I'm like, people are laughing in the audience. I'm like, this isn't funny. Yeah. (laughs) This is sad. And that was the case with a a lot of it. And I think even from the beginning, I think it was towards the, the top of this episode, when Fosse mentioned how, like, no, we both came up in places like this, and, you know, like, it works. And it, it's true. Like, those are the kinds of places that, that Lenny Bruce would go up in all the time. So the parallels between the two are really interesting. So I'm glad that they kind of spent this episode dealing with, like, his health issues and the personal side of it, but also really bringing Lenny in very heavily to something that's otherwise been about his musical career, because that was obviously what he's known for in the majority of his career, but... Yeah, no, I, it was a really, they were really powerful moments. And then they were coupled with these flashbacks to his youth. You know, we see him, the instructor being like, I'm going to take him and I'll take part of his cut because you guys can't afford to pay me for these lessons. And he's a great dancer and he goes on the stage and he is a great dancer, but he's making not enough for his parents. Like nothing, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it got that coupling feeling of nothing's good enough for his dad. His mom's just sitting there being like, oh, I thought it would be more. Yeah, yeah, she kind of creeped me out a little. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah, she still smiled when um, the father said, "You know, you got makeup on, you faggot," and she's just like, <laughs> "Yeah, that, that was all so hard for me to hear." It was yeah. a rough line, and then followed up by her just kind of like smile. Like, but I mean, you think about the ugh. different time period too, and yeah, like people the probably said that a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like it was not. Nowadays, we're like, "Oh my god!" And like, I'm, but yeah, and watching- also, I mean, it could have even hurt her. Who knows? But but she was. You can't. Oh, I think she can't say anything for about sure. it. Sure, yeah. it would have as a mother. Yeah. And then we, you know, and then we get to the moment which we had talked about last episode, which was this: these older women, these strippers, mm. having sex with him, and he's thirteen years old. And mm. we get the line: you know, what do you have? What do you call having sex with a grown woman when you're thirteen? You get to feel pleasure, confusion, and humiliation all at the same time. And that line was just so intense for me to hear because it's like we all got that impression from last episode as we talked about but that it was a cool thing. You know, a joke like a. Was, but we all got that impression mm-hmm. that it really wasn't yeah, a cool yeah. thing with him. But he's gonna play it off like mm-hmm. it's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I'm then, glad they circled back to it in this to kind of like really see what led yeah. up to that and kind of where he was at, yeah. rather than just like that quick moment where it left you feeling that way. But I'm glad they really circled back to touch on it in this one. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think it's great to bring to the forefront sexual abuse from a man's perspective mm-hmm. as well. It's because obviously many times it's talking about from a woman's and, and especially in theater as well because obviously in theatre we have just a whole bunch of interesting collective mix of people and that stuff does go down um, quite a lot in theatres as well so it's yeah. interesting that and I, I that like that, that we're getting that we're like that we're getting also that he the last episode where he's telling him it's such a great thing because it's like that's such like a male culture thing where it's like mm. you're not allowed to almost say having sex with someone is a bad thing that you didn't for enjoy a man, it. For a man. Yeah. yeah. And especially in that time period. Like, it's heightened then even, mm. but it still exists today. So I'm mm. glad that they're bringing that to light as well. Um, and then the last thing we get with these flashbacks is he gets the light, which the light on uh, a stage for an audition or for a comedian is get off stage. You're done. And I thought that that was also a very powerful moment to be – it's almost like – Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I think that was uh, – Going along with, like, how cinematically beautiful this episode was, to have so much, like, meaning packed into everything that he was doing, the parallels with Lenny, what was going on in his real life at that time, and then for at the end, for him to just get the light, it's like... 
It's definitely You're a done. theater show for thespians. This one is yeah, ticking yeah. yeah. all the boxes. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so this was definitely a very powerful episode, and that's kind of where we're going to end off. Uh, so let's get into some of our special segments. First off, we have our Fossey Fun Facts brought to us by Amy. Amy, you want to let them know a little bit about what you're going to tell us? Yeah, some Fossey Fun Facts. That's what I'm going to tell you. (laughs) I don't know why that was so aggressive, but I'm going to tell you. Um, So normally we've been pulling from Slate, which has been awesome because they've been doing kind of like fact versus fiction. Um, So I encourage you to check those out for previous episodes. I think this one, you know, this one definitely kind of stayed more in like this fantasy world. So I think this was a hard one to kind of say, oh, this happened, this didn't because of what was going on. But I did pull up um, from thefamouspeople.com um, a little bit about Fosse's childhood and early life. So a bit about his parents that we were talking about in that that in their flashbacks. Um, but Robert Louis Bob Fosse was born to Sarah Alice Fosse and Cyril K. Fosse in Chicago, Illinois. He was the second youngest of the six children born to the couple, which I thought was interesting too because you did have that scene really quickly where he sister. just says, I'm going to be a professional dancer Yay! to his one sister there who was really excited but um a big family initially in his initial years as a dancer he teamed up with charles grass under the association the riff brothers the duo toured around america and made money with their acts he was then placed in a variety show tough situation so you still got to see like little moments of his childhood in there that they sprinkled in but i do think that it was interesting because so much of the series up until this episode has been very heavy on wait, did that really happen or did it not? Because it's been so much about their careers and their lives. And this one kind of went off into this this dream sequence in a, and then also in their flashbacks. So there wasn't as much to dissect in this, but Quick still... thing, Amy. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up an article from Vanity Fair. There was some um, tie-along with kind of historically what happened when Fosse was directing Lenny the movie in real life with Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman said that uh, he was like impossible to work with, but that process where he got overworked with doing Chicago as well was real and being in the hospital, he actually would have sex with a bunch of women and like the hospital would just be like, what the heck is happening? And that inspired him to write all that jazz which is his semi-autobiographical film yeah this this one definitely this episode definitely had a lot of all that jazz feeling to it and i encourage everybody if you if you're loving this show definitely check that out because it, it is a amazing movie to watch and it'll really help you understand the show a lot better and i think especially as it goes because even this felt like a lead up to something more about that because of how he felt about himself but that's interesting about dustin hoffman too which you could kind of see in this episode even just that small line of him looking at scenes and being like i should have just played him Hmm. like that was that was very fossey like Mm -hmm. he was a control freak over things but especially if him and dustin hoffman were we know he always wanted to be the star so that really played up to that um let's get into some news and gossip thank you for that Mm -hmm. amy let's do it so, Kim, what do we got? Okay, so quick fire. Um, so, <laughs> this is hilarious that I've written this down, yet my opinion about this earlier was the opposite when I've done it myself, written the truth here. Uh, just firstly, they were talking about with Nicole Fossey, real life Nicole Fossey, and she kept talking about how much love there actually was within the family unit shock horror so how much love she had for both of her parents so me saying before that even though i wrote that down that she potentially looked at him like she didn't like him when he was in hospital bed wasn't true um and they're just loving the family in general between all three which is nice i think that's i still think you could have been right though because even if you love someone like we said like that could lead to you being upset with them for potentially 
not being in your life, bringing themselves to a point for that. Um, The other one was just interesting. So when we saw um, the rehearsals for Chicago and we had uh, Cheetah Rivera, I think that's how you pronounce her name, obviously. Velma Kelly, obviously. Um, Just a little background of people who don't know. So she is obviously an incredible musical theatre artist, actress, dancer from years gone by. She hosted the Tonys in 1999. She's won numerous Tony Awards. I think Um, she was just honoured either at the Emmys or something. Yeah, for the... um, long Lifetime Achievement Award yes. winner, 2018, Tony's. Um, but she got nominated way back in the beginning, 1961, Bye Bye Birdie. Um, then Chicago nomination she got in 1976 for Best Actress, nomination not win. Um, but here's fun fact. So apparently in real life, when the day that Bob had his heart attack, what actually happened was Gwen was in the rehearsal studio learning how to croquet, or not croquet, crochet, crochet, I was a croquet, shit, <laughs> crochet <laughs> for the scene in Chicago when she's in the, um, uh, the, the court scene where, you know, she's pretending to cry and stuff. Anyway, apparently she was learning how to do that. Somebody came in and said to her, Bob has had a heart attack. They took her out, and then everyone was told basically straight away, "You're out of a job." And so her and some of the castmates, they were like, "Oh well, let's just go to Bloomingdale's." So they went shopping for the afternoon. Oh, fun fact! That's great. All right, we are about out of time, but I think let's just do a really quick rapid fire prediction segment. Your After Buzz oh, TV predictions. It's okay, Amy. Do you want to start? <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to dive right into, like, the heart of Chicago in the next episode. I think it's going to pick up from, like, either the show's already been running for a minute or, like, they're about to open. Like, it's really going to dive kind of headfirst into Chicago for the next one. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. I can't wait to see the Chicago goodness. Yes. (laughs) I I agree with you. I think next week is going to be very much Chicago. It's called Nowadays, which is a song from Chicago. So I think 100% you're right. Uh, And then I think the last episode will deal with all that jazz Mm. and his death. Yep. (laughs) Done. Done. All (laughs) right, guys. Thank you so much for being with us here today. We will be back next week. But until then, Kim, where can they find you across the board? Yeah, absolutely. You can all find me on all my social media at Kim Davy Live. And quick shout out because the theater and comedy worlds both lost gems this week, Doris Day and Tim Conway. So very sad for the theater and comedy worlds. But man, did they give us some good stuff over the years. So thank you to Doris Day and Tim Conway. And you can find me at Amy Maestri on Twitter and Instagram. And you guys can find me at Brie, B-R-I underscore Phipps, P-H-I-P-B-S on Twitter and Instagram. And just a couple quick shout outs to people that left us reviews. Uh, Shout out to... Uh, I'm sorry if I put your name, Letahana Urbana, uh, who left us a comment on our video last week that was really sweet, saying that uh, she loves us and she loves the show that we're doing it, and that her mom drew her to Gwen. Her mom actually just passed away on May 11th, so we're here for you. We're so sorry to hear that mm-hmm. news, and I'm so glad that this show is helping, you know, that your mom got brought you in with that, and that you can kind of have this show to keep you going with that. Um, and then also to the other Captain America who gave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you so much. Uh, we got a couple five-star ratings on iTunes, but again, if you don't leave a comment, I can't tell that you have. So if you do, please leave a just an even short little quick comment, and I'll shout you out on the show. Until next week, guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.